I was worried about two things, you know. This was... Don't need to do that again, do I? You know, the second thing I was really worried about, um, it's a bit of a confession. Um, there, as I was cycling along by Caxton, there was a, a really nice golden retriever. And uh, it, it, <laughs> it was in the brook, and, and there was quite a lot of water. And it reminded me of when I was nine, and I took my golden retriever down for a walk. She wasn't well, she was called Jenny. And uh, she was on her last legs, literally. And uh, I thought, I thought, hang on, she hasn't been baptised. I'm going to have to baptise her, because she might die soon. So I dragged her into a brook. I don't know why I'm telling you this, I'm so sorry. I wouldn't do it now. I was nine, and I dragged her into a brook, and I covered her with water in the name of the Father. And like, She died soon after. Um, I don't think that helped. Uh, I should have known that I would have uh, become a Baptist minister from that nine-year-old experience. Um, I didn't tell my dad. He's an Anglican vicar. And uh, he wouldn't have been too pleased. There we go. Are you going to click through for me? Is that okay? Great. So, uh, as Peter mentioned, I work for the Light Project. It's, a, it's an organisation, group of people who love to tell people about Jesus. People who haven't got a clue about what it means to be a Baptist, let alone a Christian. That's what I love to do. Uh, so I spend a lot of my time communicating with people, lots of different uh, situations, prisons, streets, youth clubs, wherever, to let people know this wonderful message of Jesus. Uh, here's my uh, website, and I love to blog. If you can bung it up, that's lovely. There we go. And uh, I, I, I put a few stories and things up each week as to what I've been up to. A few weeks ago, uh, I did this. Uh, Sunday morning, uh, I set up a, a fruit stall, and I labelled uh, the nine different bits of fruit that I had, melons and pineapples and all sorts, uh, I labelled them from the fruit of the Spirit, and people got it. Some people were just really happy to take armfuls of fruit home with them, and they were like, great, we don't need a shop for fruit this week, woohoo! <laughs> but other people came up, and they were like, you know what, I need peace, can I have that apple? And they took an apple and said, tell me more, what do I get from God? I've got this apple, and it says peace on it. Interestingly, I really did run out of patience, and I didn't label all <laughs> I thought, that's really ironic. Some of the fruit wasn't labelled because I ran out of patience. <laughs> um, I love doing this as well, if you can put it up. Uh, I often take a sofa or have a sign in a coffee shop that says, I will listen. And this is something I did on a Sunday morning. And it uh, kind of carried on to late afternoon as person after person sat down and said, you'll listen, will you? Why? And I said, because you, you're important. And I want to listen to you. Because I believe in a God that thinks you are so precious. And people got it. They loved it. It had a few jokes within it as, as well. Um, I don't know if you've come across this uh, project. Here's me dressed up as an angel in the top le- uh, left-hand corner. A rather tight angel's costume. <laughs> Um, it's called Get in the Picture. It's something I designed a couple of years ago, and churches up and down the country have used it, where you basically say to someone, um, do you want to dress up 
and you can have your picture taken. I'm pictured there on the bottom with a guy uh, called Justin that I met on the streets. And every time I go into Peterborough, uh, sometimes I forget, but I take that picture with me. I've got a big print of it and a Bible. Because uh, the last time I saw him, months ago now, he said, can I have that picture and a Bible, please? Um, but it's great fun. Really good fun. Um, I love doing this a lot. Um, I give away thousands upon thousands of balloons uh, to people. And sometimes people say, why? And I say, well, this free gift is free. So I want you to get a little bit about what I believe. I believe in the most amazing free gift that anyone could ever receive. And, and sometimes people want to know what that is. And uh, I talk to them about Jesus. So how to be how to be a kingdom of God seeker instead of a kingdom a kingdom of me bargain hunter that's what I want to look at this morning what I'll do is I'll take you through uh, three points uh, that that I really would love to share on this how to be a kingdom seeker not a me bargain hunter and then I thought I would do something a little bit brave and and uh, I'd ask you to ask me questions is that all right so if I say something you think hang on I don't get that can you just remember and maybe make a note of it whatever and at the end um, we'll have some questions and depending on time um, see how we go is that all right great this is my hope for this morning here uh, you know, I've prayed this for us this morning, that we would be inspired to live out this little gem of a verse amongst the teaching of clothes. The teaching that Jesus brings, Matthew has recorded like a poem. I love it. You know, the lilies of the field, the flowers of the field, the sparrows. Oh, it's beautiful. And then, poof, right there, there's a gem. <gasps> love it. It's, but, but... Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be given to you as well. Uh, I must apologise, my teaching, um, if, I had a, if I had a choice, my teaching uh, uh, would be like a raspberry jelly. Uh, I must, you know, I have to be really honest with you. If I had a choice of, of the message and a raspberry jelly, it would be a raspberry jelly. Uh, and the means of me communicating to you this morning would be a shovel. Uh, and the way that I would communicate would be like this. I mean, we're talking a big raspberry jelly, right? Have some of this. There we go. Do you want some? Here we go. There we go. That, that's, that's the way that I you know, wish I could communicate. <laughs> I haven't tried it yet, surprisingly. But what, what I'm saying by this is that I hope that you will catch hold of what I'm bringing to you this morning. It won't just be words and stuff, but you'll get it. You'll get something that I say, you'll just be covered in it. And I just love how, um, how Jesus is here with us, you know. I love it. That as we gather together, he is here to cover us in his spirit. I think it's just great. So may my teaching this morning be more caught than taught. That's, uh, that's the point of the big jelly. You know, I want you to know that there is something much better. So Jesus is saying, 
Look, don't worry about your clothes. By the way, I've got this on eBay. I bought nine of them for 12 quid. Not all the same. Um, and I was really chuffed. I've got my shoes on eBay as well. <laughs> really like them. Uh, you know, but there's something much better than Morrison's. I've got six Magnum like, you know, those Magnum type ice cubes, but they're Morrison's own for two quid on Friday night. I was so chuffed. You know, the ones, the white chocolate. And my son said, hang on, where's the M? It's missing. I was like, yeah, it's Morrison's. <laughs> you know, the Magnum, the posh ones have the, but these were six for two quid. Well, what's better than that? What's better than finding a bargain or going to Marks and Spencer's and just think, oh, I love that dress. I don't do that, but you might. And, you know, what's better than the, e- you, do, who eBay's? Oh, don't you love it? You're, you're watching and your heart's going, look, it's my bid. It's, it's there. My bid's there. I was like that with these shoes. I think I paid like 200 quid for them or whatever. You know, it's, no, I didn't really. But because you, you want to get it and your heart's going, what is better than that? Jesus says, uh, the kingdom of God. It's far better. It, it makes that look like rubbish. And there's a cheeky, wonderful verse in Romans 14 that says that the kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Well, I'd rather have that than your Morrisons and your eBay and your whatnot. I'd rather have right relationships The most glorious peace that doesn't make sense surpasses all understanding, guards my heart and my mind, and I'd rather have joy. That's what I would rather have. So thank you, Jesus, that you give that to me. And it doesn't really need to be about the worry of the food and the clothes. I want you to know that there's something better. Oh, back a bit. Next point. He's running. To What would you rather do? Run after the food and the clothes or be still and know. Verse 32 uh, that was read to us is wonderful. He says, you know, the pagans, they run after these things. But your father knows that you need them. What, what would you rather? Run after it or be still and know that God knows. He, know, he knows that I need a shirt for this morning. He knows about my kids' shoes. He knows about little Beatrice's tights this morning. And my wife saying, oh, I have to get new tights. Oh, I have to do more shopping. Oh, we ha- how are we going to do? He knows. So know there is something better. There we go. Enjoy the adventure. I'm going to share three stories with you of ways that I've sought to live out seeking first the kingdom of God. Uh, the first one, a, a can of beer. <laughs> I got on a train with a, a beverage. It wasn't a can of Stella. It was a nice latte coffee. And I was in Manchester and it was very early. And I'd been at a meeting and I was on my way home and I had a copy of the Times. 
And I had my latte and I thought, great. But as I got on the train, I heard someone arguing on their phone. And I thought, oh, I won't sit near them because they're drinking a can of beer. And they're arguing. It's only nine o'clock. I thought I'll sit the other end of the carriage. So I walked to the other end of the carriage. And then I felt, and this doesn't happen often, I felt God say, go and sit near that guy. And I had a little bit of a mini argument, not out loud, because that would be mad, but on the train, <laughs> little mini argument where I said, no, I've got my coffee, I've got my paper, I'm tired. And I felt God say, go and sit near him. So I went and sat right in front of this guy. And I heard that he was arguing with his wife. And he was still drinking his beer, and he was a little bit worse off for wear. And then I felt God say, Let him know that you are a Christian. So I got down on my knees. No, I didn't. (laughs) Just in case you're wondering. What I did do was I got a little pocket Bible out. It's a tiny little thing, you know. Little tiny. And I I read a psalm like this so no one would see. I was like, I'm going to just read a psalm. And I was just reading. And he was arguing on the phone. And then all of a sudden, he went, oh, excuse me. Oi, you, what'd you get out of that? He said. I was a bit flustered. So I went, well, I suppose I get lots of peace through reading the Bible. It was only when I was 17 I really became a Christian. I started reading it and I realised that, you know, Jesus died for me and he died for all my sins. He gave me a new life. And, and it just kind of tumbled out this, this 20 second story of what it means to me. And he said, he said on the phone, he said, did you hear that? He said in a really loud voice, for the benefit of the whole carriage, did you hear that this man, he became a Christian when he was 17 years old, and it was only when he believed that Jesus died on a cross for him, and he just gave the most wonderful summary of how I became a Christian. I don't know how he did it. Someone at the other end of the carriage was going, amen, preach it, brother. You know, and he was like, no, it didn't. But, you know, it was just like the most amazing summary. And then he said, yeah, yeah, you talk to him, and handed me the phone. And, uh, and I said, um, I said, hi, my name's Chris. What's up? I'm a Christian. And all the way home, 40 minutes, this lady just poured out and poured out her heart. Her broken heart. It got a bit funny because as she was doing that, he stood up with his can of Stella and he looked at me and he said, she talks more to you than she does to me. She got a bit upset. But as I drew uh, up into the station in Chester where I lived last year, uh, I said to this lady, I said, you know what? Just as you have spoken to me, you can speak to God. He is like the best dad that you could ever have wished for. I gave the phone back and I didn't see this guy again. Uh, But I wanted to just drink my coffee, read my paper. I wasn't bothered about this guy. I wasn't bothered about this this guy that I saw on my way back from work. I had a pound in my pocket for the bus. And uh, I had a long day in the office. And I saw a group of guys, and in the midst was this guy, Matt, who's notorious, always asked me for money. Got a quid, got a quid. And, uh, and I would say, look, no, I haven't. And he was a bit of a bully. 
When I saw him amongst the group of lads on the streets, lads who were homeless, I put my hoodie over my head so he couldn't recognise me. Uh, Chester has the most wonderful wall that goes round the city and uh, there's a little gate and uh, I, I, I went through the little gate and I bumped into Phil who's a right pothead. He smokes copious amounts of marijuana. You know, real, you know, he's always smoking drugs. Uh, he can't do things quickly. Um, I wanted him to because this guy that I saw, hood up, was also coming up through the gate. And I was like, oh yeah, how are you feeling? Yeah, yeah, I have to go, yeah. He was like, yo, Chris, give us a hug, man. <laughs> Big hug, lasted a few minutes, you know. And before I knew it, you know, caught up with him, that this guy and the others had caught up with me and Phil wanted to see me. Uh, he wanted to talk to me. Sorry, Matt wanted to talk to me. This guy who always said, have you got a quid? I was like, oh, I have to go and get my bus. I don't want to talk. He goes, no, no, it's really important. I, was like, I just knew it was about money. I was like, no, I, I really have to, I have to get home. I have, to, I have to go. He said, no, no, come on, let's talk. He was quite forceful. I was a little bit scared. And, and we kind of stood aside by the cathedral in Chester. He said, Chris, Chris, I really need to talk to you. I was like, listen, man, I haven't got any money and I need to get home. I've only got my bus fare. He goes, no, no, listen, listen. Can you pray for me? I said, yeah, of course. He goes, I'm tired of this. I want a fresh start. And he, he, he called over his, his girlfriend. I said, come on, let's pray. And... uh I tried not to cry, you know, but just put my hand on his shoulder and he bowed his head. And I prayed that God would look after him, give him a fresh start, keep him from being in prison. Just bless him, give him a new life. Provide for them a home. And off I went to get my bus with my quid in my pocket. But I nearly missed it. Am I right? Third story. <laughs> Last week, I dressed up as a big issue salesman in Peterborough. I work as a city centre chaplain. Uh, there I am. Um, I didn't sell any big issues. When the guy came back from McDonald's where he'd gone to the loo, I said, Simon, your jacket is magic. He said, what do you mean? He said, it's just remarkable. As soon as I put it on, I became invisible. He said, welcome to my world. But as he was standing there and we were talking... Uh, a guy uh, also on the streets came up and a, there was two things about him that were quite characteristic. One, he was eating a pack of sweets. The other, that he smelt not so sweet. And uh, he, he had gone to the loo in his trousers. And uh, Simon said, just keep walking, keep warm, just keep walking. Because the smell was just terrible. And I just went up to this guy and I put my hands on him. I was like, oh. So can I get you some trousers? Can, can I get you a new change of clothes? Come on, let's get something. And he said, no, I'll be all right. I'm okay. I was like, mate, you're not. You're not. He goes, no, I'll be fine. I'll be okay. Uh, and off he went. And you know what? I didn't do anything. And I got home that night and I was thinking about this guy 
with these pooey trousers, and it was everywhere, you know. I thought, why didn't I give him mine? Why didn't I give him mine? Why didn't I run to the local Oxfam shop and get a pair and give him mine? Because that is about seeking first the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Third point, if I may. Embrace the hugeness of it because I'm an evangelist. You might be thinking, well, I'm not like him. Well, that's great. (laughs) I'm really pleased you're not because there's so much to do with seeking first the kingdom of God. So much. South American writer Arius, he outlines five ways in which we can reduce the kingdom. We can say it's pie in the sky, or it's to come. It's not now. This is my version of it, by the way, just in case you're like, I've read that book. That doesn't say... Um, Or the kingdom of God is only about being born again. Or the kingdom of God will happen one day in the future. Or the kingdom of God is about politics and society. Or it's about church planting. It's found here. It's about what we do here in Camborne. Well, it's not about a single one of those, but it's about it all. Here are the signs of the kingdom that you can read in the word of God. And again, I've um, lifted this list. If you can put it up. Is it working? There we are. Um, Again, it's my version. So if you've read the Wheaton document or whatever, (laughs) I've adapted it. Um, Just read those signs of the presence of the kingdom in our lives. These are the signs that we're seeking the kingdom of God. When I first started working as an evangelist, I prayed for a heroin addict who had taken a bad hit of heroin, thought he was going to die. And I saw him healed in front of my eyes. And I was shocked. I didn't think that kind of thing happened. He was shocked. I didn't tell him I was praying for him, but he knew. And a wave of love, he says, came over him and he got better. Have we got time for questions? Maybe after, sir. After? Okay. Yeah. Um, I've gone over time. It wasn't on purpose. I do want you to ask me questions. But after, afterwards, if, if you have got a question to ask me about... What does it mean to be a kingdom seeker and not a me bargain hunter? Then come and talk to me. Is that okay? Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you call us to be people who further your kingdom, each one of us, in unique ways, in the most wonderful strength and power from you. 
Lord, would you help us to do that, to be people who know that there's something so much better, to know of the adventure and to know of the breadth and the depth of what it means to further your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.